0: Welcome back. It's 1140 The Bet. It has just been a few days since the Golden State Warriors were crowned champions, but just like that, the NBA draft is upon us. And here to give us that front office perspective is Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Ryan, it is a hectic time in the uh, NBA schedule, although the finals are over, so we appreciate the time. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. It's it's always good to be on with you. I look forward to being up your way in a few weeks for NBA Summer League, but you're right. That's one of the questions that I got a lot, asked a lot when I was in front offices. Whenever the team I worked for, whether it was the Celtics or Suns, was done playing, people said, do you have more free time now? And <laughs> a lot of the people who weren't diehard NBA fans were surprised to learn the opposite. is true. No, as a, as a front office executive, you actually have less free time because we have the draft tomorrow night and then uh, the free agency starts the week after that, and then summer league starts in Las Vegas the week after that. So uh, certainly, in the next few weeks will be a busy time in the NBA. And,
0: and I want to I want to pinpoint. And, and you brought up, you know, being in the front office in Boston, being the GM in Phoenix, and the draft. No matter what sport, as fans, we're told all the time, this is a a year round process from the scouting, the preparation, the draft boards, the international players that you need to see, and everything in between. So, could you kind of take me through the timeline of being, you know, twelve, eleven, ten months out of the draft to now, where we're a mere hours away from selections actually being made?
1: Yeah, sure. In, in certain cases, uh, the, the process even starts before that. Sometimes you're scouting these guys in high school or AU ball, and. You track them for a number of years, and that applies to the players, obviously, who are upperclassmen, uh, who have, you know, been in the draft process. For example, this year, Ochai Agbaji, the, the wing out of Kansas, who will be a first-round pick, he was in the process last year, withdrew his name, went back and played for the Jayhawks, and then had a terrific season individually, and, and KU won the national championship, and he was named most outstanding player. So that's why you do the work. You, you know, you build up, um, you, you know, Rolodex on these guys and, and, and notes. Uh, in your database over a number of years hopefully and then this is why you know you do all of it that hopefully on the clock tomorrow night uh you're prepared not only for where your team is picking and who you think may be available when your team's number comes up but also you need to be prepared for any trade scenarios as well a trade up trade down trade out meaning you know trade a pick for a future pick and things like that um you need to be prepared for all those so it's a hectic time, but I know there's a sense of relief when you're in a front office, you're exhausted at this time of year, but you're realizing uh, now is you know we record this about 24 hours before the draft. This is why you put in all that hard work.
0: And in your estimation too, with just the landscape, I want to know, you know obviously these power five conferences, you, you bring up Kansas and stuff. Number one, are you more favorable towards certain programs in college basketball? But then also, you know last year, the G League, I believe it was five players that were selected that were in the G League and the Ignite team, and I think two of them won in the first round. If you're looking at draft boards now going into this draft, there's more and more expected. So has the landscape kind of changed?
1: I think it has. Uh, The G League Ignite has done a terrific job with the NBA's cooperation as far as giving some of the top players coming out of high school a different option and a different alternative. And I, and I think it was something that, uh, frankly, was, was overdue. I think it probably should have happened a while ago. When I look at talented American players uh, going, going way back, uh, Brandon Jennings went and played in Italy before uh, going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier, who was lottery picked did the same thing before the Denver Nuggets drafted him. And then recently, uh, LaMelo Ball playing down in uh, Australia. And I bring it up because, you know, college isn't for everybody. Um, some some of these guys want to be pros at a young age as soon as possible uh, to monetize, you know, their careers, which are short, uh, relatively speaking, for their families. And also some of them just don't want to go to school. They'd rather focus on basketball. Um, so with the G League Ignite, uh, looking at the draft on Thursday night, I think they could have three first-round picks. Uh, Dyson wow. Daniels is the most intriguing player. Um, he, he's an Australian guard who played very well. He could be a mid-lottery pick. And then, guys, you know, later in the first round, maybe maybe slide into the second, depending on how the draft goes. Uh, Jaden Hardy, another talented guard, and Marjan Beauchamp, uh, a wing. So it's, uh, you know, it's another banner year for the G League Ignite. As you mentioned, they had, um, you know, multiple lottery picks last year, and other guys get drafted, and it looks like they're going to do the same thing again tomorrow night.
0: Ryan, sidebar question Have you seen this Adam Sandler LeBron, the hustle movie on Netflix?
1: I did. I watched it last weekend with my wife and, and absolutely loved it. I think one of the things that guys like you and I who are in sports do is when, when we watch sports movies, you probably watch them with a critical eye. And a lot of the times, you know, it's easy to say, well, that's not realistic, or you can tell that was fake or staged. And I preface it that way because I think they did a really good job making it seem realistic. Obviously, it was dramatized for TV. With uh, I don't want to give you know give too much of it away for those who haven't seen it. Um, but I thought the basketball scenes, uh, the scouting process, um, you know how some of the conversations go within front offices, um, you know, and, and decisions with staffing between coaching and scouting and all that. I, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was really well done, and I'd highly recommend it for anybody who hasn't yet seen it. Ryan,
0: you're giving me hope. You're giving me hope. I'm an NBA dork. I can feel like I don't need to be in the Ivy League, so I can be in the front office. Please don't say that. Now I want to be in the front office. But I do, I do wanna ask you, and I don't mean to be confrontational, and I just wanna be blunt, uh, because in that movie, you know, obviously the 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 son of the owner who then takes over for the team kind of vouchs for a player, whereas Adam Sandler and his character vouched for another. So I'm just gonna be straight up with this in 2018. Was this a similar situation that happened with DeAndre and Luca in that drift situation? Because obviously there's a lot of mitigating factors, but could you point to that one being one of the bigger ones?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that situation was a little bit dramatized, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think without being real, Specific, uh, yeah, I was GM of the Suns in the 2018 draft. That was my last draft with the franchise. We ended up with uh, DeAndre Ayton at number one and then traded for Mikel Bridges with Philadelphia, who was the 10th um, pick. But, you know, certainly there was some Disagreement, I think some lack of alignment um, uh, to fast forward. I was fired the next preseason before any of those guys, DeAndre and Luka Doncic, or anybody in the 2018 draft played a regular season game. So I don't really want to get too deep into the reasons for that, but clearly uh, when your GM's fired in the preseason and the head coach, Igor Kokoshkov, is fired after his first season, just one season as head coach of the Suns, clearly there was some disagreement about how the offseason went for Phoenix in 2018.
0: And thank you for answering that. Like I said, I didn't mean to be confrontational. And moving on, you know, one of the the things that I enjoyed, and, and I'm born and raised in Cleveland, I'm a Cavs fan, so as a small market, it made me feel good. And obviously you have the Warriors and Celtics that were just in the NBA Finals, two teams that have a lot of homegrown talent that are the base and the foundations of their teams. But also, you know, this year the Grizzlies, the Cavaliers to name a few, drafted their cornerstone players. And as we move into this draft is there kind of do you sense a more renewed energy into building through the draft as opposed to the big three mentality
1: I think building through the draft is certainly the most sustainable way to build a team it, it's it's the longest duration way to build a team because anytime you draft uh, players between 18 and 22 years old in that range there it's going to take some time for those guys to develop but uh, as far as you know building a team with longevity and uh, the way the system is set up with the bird rights and 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 uh, longer contracts uh, that you can give your own players and and more higher percentage raises and all those kind of things it is set up if you draft a special player in particular the system is set up for you to retain that player if you do a good job as a franchise so to your point, the two teams we just watched play in the finals, uh, I think you'd look at the three or four best players on both sides. Uh, you know, Golden State, uh, they drafted Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, uh, Jordan Poole. Um, you know, those guys were all drafted by the Warriors, Kevon Looney. And then on the other side, Boston drafted Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, Robert Williams, so uh, you know, and then those teams obviously supplemented uh, via free agency and trades to some extent, but uh, one of the things that that stood out to me um, really the last couple years, because a year ago it was Phoenix and Milwaukee in the NBA Finals, is those teams are primarily homegrown, and I think one of the things that NBA teams do now is they try to exploit weaknesses, especially defensively, so if a team has a weak link in the chain defensively, you'll see that player uh, get attacked time and time again, so I think depth is becoming becoming more important than ever, especially, again, trying to, to have a sustainable team um, you know that, that's financially feasible as well. Uh, so I, I think that does place more emphasis on the draft, drafting the right player, especially if you can find you know good value later on in the first round or in the second round. Uh, that lets you do a lot of other things with your roster and financially going forward.
0: Joining us right now on the Playmakers are Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at MCDNBA. And I want to ask you, Ryan, if you're outside of the one, two, three, you're outside of these lottery picks, right? From the outside looking in, what's better for you and your organization in theory? To know that there's already a bona fide, we know who's going number one or two, or where it's completely wide open and the possibilities are endless?
1: Well, it's it's good if you're, if you're four um, in Sacramento, you'd, you'd love to know that for sure, if Kibari Smith, Paula Banquero, and Chet Holmgren will go one, two, three in some order, then you know exactly who's going to be available to you. And I think, uh, you know, that is the situation. I'm, I'm projecting Smith one to Orlando, Holmgren two to OKC, and then Boncaro three to Houston. And then the, to me, the draft really opens at four with Jaden Ivey. Keep in mind the Kings have some talented backcourt players in De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell. They drafted just a year ago, and in fact, they traded Tyrese Halliburton to Indiana somewhat controversially for Demata Sabonis. Uh, so so I bring it up because, yeah, the more certainty you can have, the better. Uh, obviously, the only team who really controls that at this point is the Orlando Magic with the number one pick. But um, So you know, we'll see if there are moves in the top three. I'm, I'm thinking that's less likely, but I wouldn't at all be surprised if Sacramento at four puts that pick in play. I think Jaden Ivey will be the fourth pick, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that pick ends up going to somewhere else besides the kinks.
0: And Ryan, before we get you out of here, a couple non draft questions as free agency is what eight days away and counting. So, and, and we brought up Boston and, and of course, a lot of people are calling for Boston to get a true quote unquote point guard or a table setter to help out the offense. And if they do so, that would mean that Marcus smart is either going to be in a situation that he's not necessarily comfortable in on the court or less minutes. And obviously to me, at least in my opinion, Marcus Smart is kind of the glue in the heart of that Boston Celtics team. So in your opinion, what does Boston need to do to be able to get back to the finals and eventually, you know, get over that hump and win a championship?
1: I'd be surprised if with a talented young team that's very good that Boston made drastic changes. I think if you're Brad Stevens and the ownership with the Celtics, you you realize you were up 2-1 in the NBA Finals, and you were leading Game 4 at home with five minutes left. Golden State went on that run to win Game 4 and tie the series, and then the series flipped after that with Golden State winning the last few to win the title. But um, I think a lot of times from a fan or media perspective, it's easy to say, well, the team should make sweeping, drastic changes. To me, when you're that close with a young team and a young core that's sustainable, because those guys in particular, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Martin, Robert Williams are under contract for a number of years. Uh, you, You make minor tweaks. So Brad Stevens said yesterday, they'll look to add more playmaking. I agree with that. But so that could be a point guard. Uh, keep in mind there are financial restrictions because this is a luxury tax team uh, that we're talking about in Boston. It uh, could be you know, playmaking wing like Joe Ingles. I understand why Brad Stevens you know, wants to add more playmaking, and he should. I'd I do the same thing if I were in the front office, uh, but I, I don't think that means drastic sweeping changes from a team who is just at the precipice of an NBA title. And
0: uh, my last question before I get you out of here, Ryan, and thank you so much for the time, uh, is, is a frustrating one for me because this gap between ba- from Brooklyn, excuse me, And Kyrie Irving uh, is a complex one, and I think just within the hour, the latest reports that L.A. is very, very intrigued. The Lakers are, obviously, and even the Clippers, too. But in your opinion, does Brooklyn make the most sense for Kyrie and that gap that I talked about? Is it one that can be closed and repaired?
1: I think the Brooklyn Nets want Kyrie Irving to opt in his player option for next year at 37 million dollars. That would be for the one year, and to use next year to prove to the franchise that he deserves a longer-term commitment. Then, uh, because you know, based on the last three years, how could you give that guy a long-term extension? You know, a four or five-year max extension would be malpractice in my opinion. You just can't do that given how unreliable Kyrie has been. Uh, so maybe they meet in the middle. I mean, I wonder if a, a two-year deal that's at the max or you know, just short of the max makes some sense. That way, Kyrie gets a little bit more money and a little bit of security. Uh, but both, uh, excuse me, Brooklyn also has some leverage in case Kyrie continues to not show up for games and be um, mercurial. Then the Nets have a way to pivot out of it without really damaging their franchise long term.
0: Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll be talking to you here in a few weeks, because like we said, free agency is just around the corner. Thank you so much for the time, Ryan.
1: Anytime. Enjoy the draft, and I'll see you guys up your way in a few weeks for Summer League.
0: Absolutely. That's our NBA insider, Ryan McDonough. Be sure to follow him again on Twitter, at MCDNBA. Insider calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com today to shop for more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory. We'll be back with sports or some other things. It's 1140 The Bet.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball